your Locked On Avalanche, your daily podcast on the Colorado Avalanche. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Locked On Avalanche Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Chris Maselli, with another episode of the podcast dedicated to your Colorado Avalanche. Today's episode brought to you by Built Bar. And for today, we will be looking at the two games over the weekend, Friday and Saturday, against Anaheim. One win in overtime, one loss in overtime. Uh, we will also be looking at if there were an all-star game, which there is not going to be an all-star game this year, but if there were, what avalanche players would make the team and which would get snubbed? And I threw the question out on Twitter and Instagram, and I got some pretty good feedback from uh, some people who commented. So I'll read those and then give you my own thoughts. So first things first, follow the show on social media outlets on Twitter, L-O-P and underscore avalanche on instagram just search for lockdown avalanche and send any questions comments concerns or opinions to lockdown avalanche at gmail.com <clears throat> first i wanted to mention that uh during the second game they announced i think it was during the second period or maybe maybe during the third period they they got word that eric johnson was going on the long-term injured reserve so what that means is, from what I understand, that the Avalanche will have that money free to sign some people. Pavel Francosa, if they need to, Pavel Francosa is already on that list. So the salary relief for him is $2 million, and for Eric Johnson, it's $6 million. So that's big in if the Avalanche want to make some moves and, and bring in somebody <clears throat> like a goalie, which we will get to, um, is now the time to do it. Francois has been on that list. They just put Johnson on that list. And we have it. I thought we'd maybe see an image or two of uh, what happened to Eric Johnson after he smacked his face on the ice. Maybe people don't want to see that. I wouldn't blame him. But um, obviously was was bad and was even much worse than than what I mean, it looked bad. We don't know when. Uh, Kel McCarr is going come, going to come back, back should be relatively soon. I would think this week sometime he should play. Um, and Nathan McKinnon, so with that hit that he took um, in, in the Sharks game, he took the ice in warm-ups against game one for Anaheim and then was a late scratch. And we, you know, they even put out the lines for that game and he was in the line. So maybe just, you know, Nathan McKinnon is going to play if he can play. Who knows? Maybe the doctors were talking to them and he kind of just smartened up and was like, maybe I shouldn't play. Because he went from he's going to play game one against Anaheim to missing that game to Jared Bednar saying, we think he's going to miss a few games. So. Maybe it's just one of those things where he smartened up and was like, I probably should just like err on the side of caution and not play. <clears throat> so no McKinnon, no McCarr, no Calvert, obviously no Johnson, obviously no, obviously no Francois, no Bowen Byram. And then for the second game against Anaheim, no JT Confer, who I thought played a very good game in the first game against Anaheim of those two. 
and the Avalanche still got three out of four points. You you lose one game in overtime, and you win one game in overtime. So we'll talk about the the Friday game first. <clears throat> the good thing about both of these games is the Avalanche came back in both games, which is something that they have not done at all this season. And in almost both games were a carbon copy of of them of each other because in both games the Ducks went up two to nothing. In both games, the Avalanche came back, and both games went to overtime. And then how they ended up just happened to flip-flop. Avalanche won the first one, and they lost the second one. But in the first one, with all those guys going down, you needed to get people to step up. And who's the – I mean, multiple guys did. I thought JT Comfer did. I thought Tyson Jost did. And boy, did Val Nachuskin show up. He – took over that game he was Nathan McKinnon wasn't on the ice but the way that Nachuskin took that game over was Nathan McKinnon like and wow he he had the first goal for them to get them on the board which is just something that when, when you're down two to nothing you just want something to go your way and a very nice play by him to get the first goal and then Brandon Saad scored a couple minutes later and bam, two, two to nothing, or excuse me, two to two. And then the overtime goal, he, he's a tough man to maneuver. He's a big boy. So he had a full head of steam and he just had a great angle and he does that move a lot. He does that power move and just kind of gets his left arm out there. And it's tough to overcome that if you're a defender and he made a great move and uh, a great goal and avalanche won that one. That was a, a game that you like to see them have because Anaheim's played them well. Anaheim has played them well this year so far. And to get a, a win like that in a comeback fashion uh, is, is definitely something that they needed to have and needed to do game two. Like I said, similar game. You have uh, two to nothing Anaheim, and then the Avalanche get two in the second, <clears throat> and then they score two more in the third, and they're up four to two, and you are feeling pretty good. Four in a row, and then what happens? Then Anaheim just starts chipping away. <clears throat> Excuse me, and uh, one, and then Kevin Shattenkirk gets one on a power play with just a couple minutes to go. And then Ryan Getzloff gets the overtime winner. So there's good and bad to take out of, of both of these games. The, the good is, like I said, all of those guys that were out and you get three out of four points. I think that's good. Uh, the bad, we'll get into the bad in the next segment. I'll hold off on that. But some guys that I definitely wanted to give credit for is definitely Nachuskin. Tyson Jost for both games played very well. Um, I was kind of excited to see where JT Confer would go, but he something happened to him in that first game where he is is now out. I don't know if it's a long-term thing, but he did not play in the second game. I I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna sing the praises of J- Jacob McDonald right now. Uh he is he is making this. Very, very tough for 
when this team is a 100% team on what to do with him. He, let me bring up his stats. So he's slowly starting to climb up in, in minutes. And the first game against Anaheim, he logged his first 20 game, 20 minute game for the Avalanche, 20 minutes, 47 seconds. The second game just under, well, just under, just over 18 minutes. But those are pretty consistent numbers. They are putting more emphasis and, and pressure on him, and he's not backing down. He looks really, really good. Uh, and again, this is one of those things. I'm, I'm not, I'm not going down the road of like this is a guy they're protecting. That you know they don't have enough uh, moves and and um, ability to freeze this many guys. All I am saying is, when the Avalanche and if the Avalanche can get to 100 percent he's making it very tough for them to move him down. What you would do, who you'd move around, I, I don't know. Uh, but he's playing some really, really good hockey, some inspiring hockey. Now, they are relying heavily right now on Devon Taves and Sam Girard. Sam Girard, we will definitely be talking about him later on when we talk about the All-Star stuff. Uh, he, You want... Byram and Makar to come back ASAP for a number of reasons. One is to just get Taves and Gerard somewhat of a break in terms of minutes. They are relying a lot on them, and it's okay right now, but that is not a long-term solution. That is not something that can continue. Uh, and, and they're okay right now, but it's like, like a bend-don't-break type of thing. This is the same thing I've been talking about with like the goalies. You can't just rely solely on Grubauer and you need a good backup goalie. And is that a problem right now? Because Hunter Miska did not look good in game two. So let's take a quick little break, and then we will talk about maybe some concerns for the Colorado Avalanche right after this. All right. So, yeah. So so some good things that you saw from the Avs. Um, you know, you, they did look better on the power play and which is a little surprising not having Kale McCarr there to run the point. Um, the, the first game they were one for three, but the, let's see, I think this, there was one goal might've been the sod goal. I don't remember exactly which one it was, but they scored one seconds after it was over. Um, let me see. No, I'm, okay. Maybe. Yeah. I think it was the brand. I mean, I can't remember which one it was. I, I don't know. Maybe it was the Valanchuskin one that the, the very first one that they got, it was uh seconds after the power play had ended. They did go over three in that game. And in the second game, they did go one for three. Um, so the power play is, is, as long as it's, as long as they're getting good looks, like I am okay with that. You know, like the, the times where they can't sustain a possession in the offensive zone, uh, the times where they just get by the blue line and then just stop. And, you know, the it, teams just seem to have figured that out. Um, there was a run there where the the power play just looked awful. It's looked better in terms of they're setting up plays and they're getting shots. So I'm happy with that. They are the number one penalty-killing team in the league, and the Ducks were two for two on their power play in the second game. So, you know, <clears throat> something needs to break at some point in the season for how well that they've done on the power play. But, you know, if, if you 
if you stand up to your ranking and you don't let Anaheim get two power play goals, you know, that game is, is in the bag. But bigger than that is the play of, of Hunter Miska. And we've been talking a lot about what the Avalanche should do when it comes to a goalie. Um, <clears throat> does this now force the hand of Joe Sackick to go make some sort of a deal? You now have some some money freed up with the Eric Johnson situation. And if you if you think that Miska is still the guy and he just had a bad game, you're uh, <laughs> yeah, the, you're you're telling an entire fan base that uh, how he played against Anaheim in the second game was just a fluke. I don't know if many people are going to believe that. The way that you you saw him play, he just looked scared. Uh, I put up on Twitter that he's no longer allowed to he's no longer allowed to go get a puck. He's not allowed to leave the net anywhere else and go get a puck because those were adventures. He would go behind the net and the puck would just kind of skate off his stick. Uh, there was a couple times guys were barreling down on him. He didn't even seem to know it. It was uh, it was an adventure watching him in goal. It, it really was. And he's played okay here and there, but you know he's not the type of guy. He's going to be able to do that. I think anybody's going to be able to do that, uh, have a good game every once in a while. But the way, the way that he played in that game was very, very concerning. So what do the Avalanche do? Do they go out and find somebody? I, scratching my head. I don't know. I, I, I would like to see them do that, especially if Francois is on the long-term injured reserve. You know he's not coming back. Do you, do you, like we said, do you really think that Miska is the guy? Not the way that he played the other night. But do you give him another shot, like we did with Connor Timmons, who had some really bad games, and <clears throat> he's starting to play a, a little bit better, but nothing I would really rely on. And I think the same goes for for Miska. You know, the next game he plays, people are going to be worried. I I've been saying not because of anything Miska's done or hasn't done. I've been saying since we've known that Francois is going to be out that you make a move. So um, I don't know. I don't know if they do it or not. Maybe this week we might hear something just talking about it. But I know Jared Bednar wasn't too happy. And he kind of called him out in a roundabout way, not directly. More or less said, like, you know, we needed to come up with a save and and we didn't. I guess that's as direct as you can be uh, when calling out a goalie. Just didn't use him by name. Um, So that's the goalie situation. That, That is what it is. Um, but other than that, I thought overall that they played, they played well and you have to consider what they don't have right now. You don't have your superstar, two of them. Uh, and two of those guys are huge when it comes to the power play, uh, especially Makar. You, you don't have Matt Calvert who, you know, is your muscle. Uh, you don't have Eric Johnson. You don't have Byram. You're missing a lot right now. And yeah, I know you're playing the Ducks, but they're a, they're a professional team and they're trying. So to get three out of four points, I don't think is is all that bad. You, obviously, you want to get all four, but 
I think you have to take things into consideration. I think the way the Avs lost the second game is kind of what is setting people off because <clears throat> they looked flat in the first for both games, seemed to pick it up in the second for both games, uh, and then had you know just a lapse in the third, late in the third, in game number two, and you know overtime is what it is, kind of just a crapshoot. But for this week, I'm going to bring up the Avs uh, schedule here. The Avs another tough week it's i mean the month itself is crazy um bring up their schedule i know you know they're not playing they're not playing any back-to-backs this week but so they have arizona tonight and wednesday night and then friday against the kings which that's a two-game series so your next two series are two two games each against the coyotes who you just swept and the Kings, who have been playing good, but I think they're faltering a little bit. Um, I want to bring up their their standings because they they were they were doing well, but I think they had won what like six in a row. Uh, but I think now they've lost a handful. They are ten eight and five right now. Oh, they they have a win, so I don't know what they're losing. Uh, what their <clears throat> losing streak was prior to that. I think it was a couple games, but they're right there. They're right in the middle of it. Twenty five points for them. Uh, Avalanche right now are sitting in third with 28 points. They are three behind the Blues, and they have three games in hand against the Blues. So they're sitting in a good spot. You know, they're. I, I'm not going to say they've turned this season around, but um, <clears throat> you you're, you're going to have a two two difficult games against Arizona because you just swept them. So they're going to want to come out and avenge that. But you have a lot of games at home. You look at the you just look at the calendar for March. Um, and if you go on to the coloradoavalanche.com website, you know, it's color coded by uh, Burgundy is home games and gray is away. There's a lot of Burgundy on there. There's only four away games the entire month of March. And it's a little bit different, you know, when you don't have fans in the arena. I get that. But there's a different skating on your home ice. So um, I think they're off to an okay start for this homestand, you know, winning one and losing one in overtime. But what it was, so the next two weeks straight are at home, three games this week, four games the following week. And then you go two games on the road back to back against Arizona. And then you finish out the month, four games at home. So uh, I think March will be a, a good month for them, mainly because they are home most of the time. And, you know, hopefully they can get healthy. Hopefully Nathan McKinnon comes back sometimes this week. Hopefully, Camel Carr comes back sometimes this week. Hopefully, Bo Byron comes back sometime this week. And you, you just have to get a run going with healthy players, you would think, and you would hope. And then maybe address the goalie situation. We don't know how that's going to go. So, I, yeah, overall, I think it was it was an okay weekend, all things considered. Um, all right, let's hear from our sponsors for the day, and then we will get into the all-star discussion. So first we're going to hear from Built Bar, and we have been telling you about Built Bar. It is the best tasting protein bar on the market uh, for quite a while now. It is, it's amazing tasting energy bars, low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, great tasting, 100%, covered in 100% chocolate. And now is the time to find out which Built Bar is the best because it is Built Bar madness. So you can go to the Built Bar 
Twitter page and they have a built bar uh, March Madness tournament going on between all of the flavors. So if you haven't tried them, now is the time to get in on that and you can get 20% off of your next order. Make sure you use that promo code. It used to be just locked on, but now it is locked on 20. So locked on 20 is your promo code and that will get you 20% off of your next order at builtbar.com. And you can check back and see who won the matchup. I think they're doing like different matchups daily. And uh, for me, I like I said, anything peanut butter. But there's there's so many like it's all about the brackets. You can say who is is the best, and the same thing with college basketball. You can always say who is the best team. Doesn't matter until the brackets come out. So go check out that bracket. And if you've had Built Bar in the past and what your favorite is, whatever it's going up against. Uh, get in on it and vote for your favorite flavor. So, uh, I mean, I, that last one they came out with that brownie coconut one was just to die for. So, yeah, go get some Built Bar. It's uh, locked on 20 to get your 20% off of your next order. Also, betonline.ag, it's the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. And football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. Bet Online even covers award shows, TV shows, and reality TV. Real time updated odds and props on almost anything that you can imagine. Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bet, and it's free to sign up. Head over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up and receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit when you use the promo code LOCKED ON. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts so i put out the question if the avalanche or if the nhl was having their their regular all-star game and if the if the uh divisions were normal who would the all-stars for the avalanche be and who would the snubs be so i put the question out on twitter and instagram and got some pretty good feedback and pretty interesting feedback um, so I'll read through these here and then kind of give you my thoughts. So um, Paul Friens, Friesen, sorry if I'm pronouncing your name wrong, Paul. Uh, he says, <clears throat> consistency is a part of an all-star. And this is a strange season. Season, I would pick uh, Grubauer. The snub is the rest of the team. Consistency is not there. Okay. Um Blue liner at E B L E A U underscore 26 says McKinnon, Gerard, and Grew, but he could make an argument against Grubauer, though. And I would like to hear that argument. I'd like to know why no Grubauer. Um, Kyle Sullivan at Shaggy Von Doom simply says Sammy G and Grubauer. And Alan Kosman at Little Fireboy 87 says Grubauer for sure. Sammy G gets in. And McCarr gets snubbed, Rantanen gets in, and McKinnon gets snubbed. And he says, yes, I said the last one. All right. Um, over on Instagram, some people chimed in here. I just want to make sure it's all updated. Uh, Absource says McCarr, Rantanen, McKinnon, and Grubauer. And then uh, it's Y-A-L. I don't know if it's Yael, I think is how it's pronounced, uh, says Miko, flat out Miko. And she's a big fan of Miko Rantanen. So it doesn't surprise me that she would want Miko Rantanen in there. 
So you're hearing kind of a good mixture. Some people say yes, Makar. Some say no, Makar. Most people, with the exception of one, Mr. Allen, says no, McKinnon. A lot of people saying Grubauer, and most people saying Miko. So here's the thing: for for All Star games, it's it's like half popular. It's not even half. It's probably seventy five percent popularity contest and twenty five percent the guys that are having a really good season coming out of nowhere, and you hope that they get in. So if if it were going on for the Avalanche, Makar's excuse me, yeah, Makar and Rant, no, Makar and McKinnon are getting in no matter what. Th- those would be guys that you know, even if they had played a week and then got injured, probably would still have enough votes to get in. They're ju- it's just the star power that drives it. Rantanen, with the way he's played, probably would get in, and he hovers on that line of of superstar or a lot of star power coupled with his play. Uh, if, if he was having a bad season, I don't think his name recognition enough would be enough to get him in McKinnon. It would be McCarr. It would be. So I think, <clears throat> I think no matter what those three guys would get in Rantanen, McCarr, McKinnon. And then you have to look at Grubauer. And who's been having a fantastic season? Would that be would would his numbers be enough to get him in uh, over the name recognition? I think it would be. I think this is a year that people would recognize, you know, the numbers and kind of award him an All Star nod. So that would be four guys. And then you have to look at Sammy Gerard, and this is kind of what drove me to to ask this question. Uh, because he's not the household name. Um, I just want to, oh, I thought somebody else commented. Um, he, he's not the household name, but he's playing. He, he's He's been their best defender, maybe save for Makar. You know, Makar, I still think is, is, you know, playing or has played phenomenal. But with these games that he's missed, has Sammy G taken over uh, the mantle of, best defender for the avalanche for this season. Uh, you can make that argument because he's been out there all the time uh, where Makar has, uh, you know, obviously missed some games. So I think that's the one that, that might get snubbed it, just because I don't think there's en- enough people out there that really watch avalanche games and really know what he's meant to the team and has has really seen his play and how much he's evolved in just this season. So that's kind of the interesting one for me would be would be Sam Gerrard. And I'm a little bit surprised that the the NHL at least didn't do something for voting for this just and if we did an All-Star game type of thing this would be the teams cuz you know a lot of times it's in, in some of the contracts if you make an All-Star game uh you get a little bit of a bonus. So I guess those just go away this season, but um, kind of just going through, well, let me go to the avalanche like main website just to see the team stats, because, you know, I, I don't think this year, I don't think Gabe Landeskog uh, has the the numbers to make it. Uh, Brandon sods up there. Nazem Kadri's up there. I don't think those, you know, they, they would be making the team, but Gerard is, Gerard's got 17 points. He's actually tied with Kadri. Um, Kadri has a couple more goals, obviously. I mean, game and Landis Scott is up there. Brandon Sada is up there. 
Um, but I don't, I, you know, there, there's guys that are probably outplaying them and in, in other teams that you would say like, well, you know, they, they wouldn't make it. But I think you could legitimate, you, you legitimately could have five players on the avalanche that are all-stars in Gerard, McKinnon, McCarr, Grubauer, and Rantanen. And I, I just wish we actually had an, an NHL all-star game to really see if Grubauer and Gerard uh, got the recognition from around the league from both players and, and fans to give them, you know, a well-deserved all-star nod. I don't know. I, I guess we'll never know. Maybe next year if they continue their, their play, uh, maybe, be, you know, because everybody's talking about them now. So they have all this year, if they continue to play as well as they are, and then, you know, maybe that carries over into next year. Uh, if we have a normal season, and fans kind of uh, recognize them just a year later. So let me know what you guys think. Uh, and, and would McKinnon be out? I don't know, I, I, is Allen on to something with Nathan McKinnon? I, I can't imagine he would be. I mean, despite his goal struggles, he's still second on the team in uh, points with 22, and he's missed a handful of games. He's still an all-star. I get what you're. I think I know where you're going with that, Alan. But uh, it, you'd be hard pressed to not vote for Nathan McKinnon as an All Star. So let me know what you guys think. Uh, shoot an email to lockdownavalanche at gmail.com or let me know on Twitter lopn underscore avalanche. That will be it for today. Uh, hopefully, the Avalanche can have a good week of games. We will be talking about them each and every day here. And uh, yeah, follow me on the social media outlets, and we'll be seeing you guys tomorrow. Thank you for tuning in today and each and every day. It's always... Go, Abs, go!